Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you're new to the show, I'd like to say welcome. If you're a returning listener, I'd like to say welcome back. Before we get started, I'd just like to ask you a favor. If you're currently streaming this episode, would you mind stopping it and downloading the episode and then listening to it? It's a good way for me to keep track of the downloads. And to be honest with you, the more downloads I get, the more I get paid. I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind doing that. And maybe do it for all the content creators that you enjoy listening to. It's a great way for us to keep track of the downloads and put a little extra money in our pocket. So if I could ask you for one favor, that would be it. Now on to the show. Nystrom, Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh my, did Mick plant one on C-card. Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning, who's he going to go after? The puck drops and Bob Wagner goes right to King Plattenberg. But just a minute, Al Arbor has won mm-hmm. four Stanley Cups, so don't start telling Al Arbor what to do, you and John Davison. This is Coliseum Chronicles The Penalty Box, your source for Islanders Enforcer Talk. Now a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. And welcome to episode 116, the first installment of the Off the Island series. And folks, tonight I have a good one. If you're a fan of Shorzy, my special guest tonight is Burke Casabon, who you know as Corey. But before we get into that, I'd like to first say that if you are on social media, please scroll down to the episode description of this very episode, and you will see a link to my Twitter, to the Facebook, to the Instagram accounts for this very show. And um, let's link up. 
if you follow me, I'll follow you back. Uh, friend me, I'll friend you back, whatever it is. Uh, I always like to say that there's enough good to go around. And if we can help, uh, you know, promote each other's stuff, you know, maybe you do a podcast. Of course, I do a podcast. But um, if you have certain content, maybe we can co-promote and help each other out. So get at me, as the youngsters may say, and um, and we'll connect. Or maybe you just like the content of the show and you want to follow the um, social media. So you'll also accomplish that the same way. Uh, also, in the episode description, you will see a link for Islanders A to Z. That is a book that was put out a few months ago by local Long Island artist Joe Marisich. Joe Marisich is the artist who created the logo for this program, and he illustrated that book that was written by Joe Buono. It's a children's book, but you do not need to be a child to enjoy it. You could just be immature like me. Um, the illustrations are excellent. Uh, the book is excellent. Obviously, if you're an Islander fan of a certain age, you'll probably know most of the stuff that's in there, but... It's fun to take a walk through history, and uh, if you do have a youngster, it's fun to maybe be the first person to introduce them to the Islanders and the history of the Islanders, and all along looking at some really great illustrations done by Joe. Now, as I said, Joe is the artist who did the logo for this program, and he is available for hire. You can hit Joe up on Twitter at GraphicsJoker or at LoudEgg.com. As I said, I am now a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, they have, well, is it they or is it we? We, they, the network has a ton of shows on there, and uh, I believe they have at least one show for every team. They may have two shows for some teams. Uh, so whichever team you root for, there's definitely a show on there about your favorite team. So I would definitely... Go to the network page on whatever platform you listen to and search for the show of the team that you root for. But on the original content side, as along with myself here, we have the OG of the Enforcer podcast genre, the Fourth Line Voice podcast with my friend Darren from Saskatchewan. He's the uh, elder statesman of the Hockey Podcast Network, as far as the group that I'm about to name. His latest episode, uh, he had more rapid-fire questions with Jay from Iowa. So if you listen to this show, you listen to Darren's show, you listen to Five for Fighting, uh, Jay's been on both of their shows uh, a few times. I think they said Jay is the most frequent guest on the Fourth Line Voice podcast. And what the rapid-fire questions are is... Um, Darren just fires 10 or so questions at you and it's sort of on the fly. You don't really have a lot of time to think. You don't have any time to prepare. And, uh, and Jay did very well, much better than I did when I was uh, the subject of the uh, rapid fire questions. Oh my God. Fucking embarrassing. I, I try not to even think about it, but every time Darren does a show with the rapid fire questions, uh, the PTSD kicks, kicks in for my awful, awful performance. So, uh, but definitely check out the latest episode. He also talked about the recent LNAH draft, and I'm going to touch on that in a minute. And uh, Link Gates' five toughest opponents. Link doesn't do podcasts. So uh, a mutual friend of Link's, uh, Darren, I believe he speaks to Darren on Facebook or in text or emails, whatever. And um, I guess he got Link to talk about his five toughest opponents. So uh, I guess it's the next best thing 
to getting Link on a show. And of course, it was fitting that it was on the Fourth Line Royce podcast. So if you're curious about who his top five toughest opponents are, you definitely want to tune in. You definitely want to tune into the back catalogs as well. Back catalog, he has one back catalog. Um, and also the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. Honestly, if you've ever watched a hockey fight on YouTube, chances are it was on the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. Uh, new to the network, like myself, the Five for Fighting podcast with Alec. He is also, I believe, one of the first. Well, I don't know. He's definitely. I. I. You know, I'm. I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about, which is probably my first mistake. I believe he's one of the first podcasts, if not the first podcast, represented by Hit Club Hockey, which is a clothing brand. So Alec has merchandise through Hit Club Hockey, and I believe. Well, I know. Um, you can access the link to that on Al- all of the Five for Fighting social media, all of Alex's social media. Um, his latest episode is actually releasing tomorrow. I'm recording this intro Sunday night after work. And um, he's releasing an episode tomorrow with Kurt from Hit Club Hockey. So uh, maybe Kurt is the boss. Maybe he's just Alex's contact there. I don't know. But I'm sure it'll be an interesting conversation uh, how uh, Alec and Hit Club Hockey hooked up. Similar to Darren, by the way, I don't know why my voice is cracking like a six-year-old. Well, maybe not six, maybe, what, 11? Six would be impressive, I guess, but um, I have no idea why it's cracking, but uh, forgive me for that. Um, So that is Alex's latest episode, which should be released tomorrow. Now, hopefully I don't have any problems with this episode uploading like I did the Jimmy Mazza episode that actually took about five days. So... If this episode uploads tonight, Sunday, the 25th, and is available tonight or tomorrow, the 26th, then this is the day that Alex's episode with Kurt from Hit Club Hockey will be available. Um, And also, I believe he has a a channel, YouTube channel, Five for Fighting YouTube channel. If you're a listener to the show, or even if you listen to the last episode with Jimmy Mazza, uh, you know that uh, Alec had a very, very successful YouTube channel. but the ECHL and Flow Sports or Flow Hockey, one of those, whichever thing covers the uh, the ECHL, whichever service brings you their games, uh, they just did not want free publicity. So I think it's Flow Sports. So um, so I think he still has the YouTube channel, but I think he gets uh, like fan submissions when they tape the games on their or tape the fights on their phones. But uh, but check that out also. And uh, I want to. Thank also Terry Ryan. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, Terry Ryan also has a show on this network. I was recently a guest on his show. And uh, his latest episode was with uh, Tessa Bonham, who, um, if you're a women's hockey fan, obviously she doesn't need any introduction. And if you're not a women's hockey fan, you know her from at least Letterkenny and Shorzy. Uh, I'm sure she's done a lot of other things that I don't know about, uh, but I did listen to the episode and, uh, and it was fantastic. It really was. Uh, she seems like um, a pretty cool gal and uh, probably someone that'd be fun to watch a game with and have a few beers with. So, uh, so definitely uh, check out Terry Ryan tales with TR. Pardon me one second. I honestly don't know how Alec and Darren, when they record their episodes and they they have a beer or two, and uh, or record their intros. Normally, when I record 
my intros, I might have an iced tea or a coffee. I, I have a beer tonight, and I just want to burp like crazy. I don't know how they do that. They're, I'm sure they're way more professional beer drinkers than I am, so I don't know, but I'm going to hold in all my burps. Very professional thing I have going on here. Oh, my God. For you people that are tuning in for the first time because you're uh, a Shorzy fan or you you know Burke or you're a fan of Burke, um, it's a very professional thing I run here. So uh, so get ready. Um, also, I am a game-used collector. I'm currently sitting in my basement, and uh, I'm surrounded by my collection, which is uh, some might say a lot and other people may say it's humble compared to theirs, but it's my collection. Uh, and, uh, and I love it and I'm always on the lookout for other things. So if you have any, uh, game used items, specifically Islanders or Quebec Nordiques related, but if it's an enforcer, I'm definitely willing to listen. If it's some, somebody that I think will fit into my collection, uh, I'd love to have one. Um, so just get in touch with me either uh, on social media or for pals uh, via email, text, whatever. Uh, I'm always looking to add stuff to the collection. And speaking of which, uh, this week I met Brof author Greg Inkpen. Now, Greg and I have been uh, friends on social media for uh, for a while and um, just a happenstance ran into him at a bagel store here on Long Island. And, um, he recognized me and we started chatting and, um, asked me to follow him to his house. And, um, I didn't ask him, but I was wondering, boy, I hope he's not going to kill me. But, uh, but he did have, he, he had, uh, someone else in the car with him, which I thought was okay, but Greg seems like a nice guy. So I didn't think he was going to kill me. And, um, he said he had something that he wanted to give me. And, um, so we went there and he went in the house, he comes out and uh unbelievably and extremely generous of him he he gifted me a uh game issued so it was never used which is which is fine with me a Clark Gilly stick from 1974 that he later uh got signed i think it was a Steiner signing so it probably cost him about a million dollars um got it signed by Gillies and um wanted me to have it he says he knows I'm a collector and he knows it would mean a lot to me so uh, I just want to thank Greg. That was really nice of you, and uh, and it was great to meet you. And uh, please, folks, uh, Greg wrote a book about John Brophy, the infamous or the famous John Brophy, however you want to view him, one of the most well-known coaches in hockey history and maybe the most well-known coach in minor league hockey history. So uh, I strongly recommend that book. So uh, definitely look for it. Uh, I know it's available online. I I don't know if it's available in stores, to be honest with you. He released it a while ago, but definitely worth your while to check it out and give it a read. And uh, also, <coughs> God, I'm sorry. I want to thank Denver Belanger. Now, uh, this comes full circle. How I uh, how I contacted Denver, how Denver appeared in my stratosphere, let's say, or my cog, cog <laughs> I was going to say cognizance. Oh, boy. I'm telling you, I... It's been it's been a long week of work and it was a long day today so uh, so I apologize but how Denver appeared in my stream of consciousness which is really what I wanted to say right from the beginning was that um, <clears throat> Burke had actually hired Denver to do a Shorzy piece that he wanted to gift to Jared Kiso and um, Denver posted it on his social media and I believe Burke put it in his story 
and Burke and I follow each other on Instagram. And I saw that and I was absolutely blown away. And I contacted Denver and he just got permission from Burke to see if it was okay to make me a copy. He did. And I loved it. And, uh, immediately I got the idea that, um, I love the style and I'd love to get Denver to do my top 10 Islanders, my top 10 all time Islanders enforcers. And, um, he just finished it up a few days ago and I posted it on my social media today and, um, got a lot of positive feedback. Uh, it started a few conversations and, uh, so much so that, uh, if you would like to go back and listen to the episode that I did before being on this network, uh, my top 10 all-time Islanders enforcers. Obviously, if you look at the picture, you'll know who they are, but I go into much more detail. I kind of got the itch to maybe do an 11 through 20, uh, and I think that could be pretty interesting. So uh, that may be coming down the pike in the future. I don't want to say near future, uh, because who knows, maybe two days from now, I'll be like, ah, forget it. But um, But Denver did an excellent job, and um, just take a look at, at my social media, if you want to see the the, um, the drawing, the artwork, and um, you can contact Denver um, on Instagram is probably the best way to do so. And um, I tagged him in the in the post. So uh, so thank you, Denver. The uh, picture is amazing, and uh, thanks to Burke for allowing Denver to uh, let me purchase one of the Shorzy ones because that's really how this whole thing started. And Denver, I don't think we're done doing business together in case you're listening. So as I said, this is the first episode of the Off the Island series. And when the Hockey Podcast Network reached out to me, I knew that um, I'd have to do something a little bit different for content. Um, Originally, this show started during COVID. Doing episodes once a week were very easy. Everybody was uh, forced to stay in. Everybody had extra time, and I was bringing an interview every week. That was the easy part. And then, as common sense prevailed, um, and we were allowed out, and we were allowed to go back to work and live our lives, um, then it got a little bit tougher, and the interviews got a little bit tougher, and securing guests got a little bit tougher. So I figured, and and, and people like Dean Ewan, and he was the first one, uh, but Darren, a lot of other guys too, I, I don't want to forget anybody, but, um, they'd always tell me, look, you really need to kind of broaden your horizons because the reality is there are a finite number of Islanders related guests. And, and I always wanted to do so. And I think that's why I started the Nordiques Knuckles podcast, because I guess I just can't make things easy for myself and I have to set certain parameters that went by the wayside. Um, similar reasons, just trying to get guests, trying to get people to commit. It it was like a chore and a half. So I'm like, I, I like a lot of these guys and I don't want my lasting feeling about any of these guys to be negative. So I just, I just quit while I was ahead, so to speak. And I said, you know what? It was an experience. At least I tried it. I'm glad I did. Uh, but now that's been put to rest. I will actually bring those interviews to this program uh, probably later in the summer for more off the island stuff, because I don't know if the, if they're still up on the, on any of the platforms. I don't know how that works once I left the original hosting site and I'm here now because I didn't transfer that show here. So uh, the guests I had on that show were unbelievable. And, uh, and I will be using some of the, well, all the interviews I did, 
for Nordique's Knuckles will be off the island shows later in the summer uh, when there's really not much going on in hockey. So you can look for those later on. Um, but getting back to what, what I was talking about, um, off the island is basically uh, guests that don't have anything to do with the Islanders. They don't have anything to do with the Islander minor leagues, uh, minor league organizations that they've had over the years. Just people that I think would be interesting guests. And I, I think they'll still have a hockey element. I don't really see uh, me having, you know, a librarian on here, you know, or um, a banker. I, I think it's still going to be hockey related. That's that's really the nuts and bolts of the show. So um, I, when Shorzy first came on, I absolutely, I mean, it, you, you've watched it. If you're listening to the show, you probably watched it. And um, if you watch Letterkenny, you're familiar with Riley and Jonesy. So for Shorzy, the Riley and Jonesy of this show, although they're different characters altogether, but the fuck you Shorzy part has been taken over by Corey and Liam, who are high school kids. And I thought they were fucking hilarious. I really did. It was like, right from the go, I'm like, these kids are awesome. And um, I reached out to Burke a while ago, and we had been talking on social media, on, uh, on Instagram a little bit. And when I came up with the idea for Off the Island, I said, this is the guy I want to be the first guest for the Off the Island series. And um, he was awesome. You know, it was his first, it's his first podcast, his first, I I, I know he's done um, newspaper interviews or magazine interviews, but he's never done a podcast before. But you couldn't tell, this kid's a pro. I mean, he's he's mature beyond his years and um, he, he was fantastic. He's got some great stories. And I defy you, I defy you to not love this kid at the end of the interview. It's impossible. It's impossible to not love him. He's such a good kid. And uh, I think a lot of that credit goes to his parents, Mr. and Mrs. Casabone. And I want to thank them because they were nice enough to give me a few stories for the interview. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I can't say I know them, but um, if pictures tell, a story they have a wonderful family and they did a great job raising burke and uh, i just want to thank them you know for helping me out here also i want to thank liam played by keegan long uh he gave me some uh some stories also to ask burke and uh <coughs> sorry uh he was great and uh and you know i i want to thank keegan because i had never spoken to keegan before and I just sent him a message out of the blue. So he didn't know if I was legit, if I was a lunatic, if whatever. And uh, and he was just, he was awesome. So um, I definitely will have Keegan Long on here at some point. Uh, I would love to have him on. I'd like to, like to get to know him a little bit better, tell his story also. And, uh, and at some point, Burke will be back. And uh, hopefully I'll get Keegan on soon. And then I can have them both back on later uh, as we get into the fall when season two of Shorzy uh, hits the airwaves. I think it's on Crave in Canada and down here in the States, it's on Hulu. So um, so I think Keegan will be an awesome interview and I can't wait to have Burke back on as well. Um, one last, well, two last things I want to touch on. I'm sorry if you're just here. Oh, actually, let me see what, how long have I been talking here? Uh, 20 minutes. All right, I'll make it quick. <coughs> Sorry. The uh, LNAH draft happened last week, and um, 
this was this was interesting. I wake up and I'm on the train going to work, and all of a sudden I see uh, the Laval team with their first pick. Again with the voice with their first pick drafts Brett Gallant, and I'm like, whoa, like hello, that was like uh, smelling salts right away. I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. And um, then I see, I think it was the seventh pick. They picked Alex Gallant, and I'm going. Well, all right then. I think I have a new favorite team in the LNAH, and and they actually had issued a statement that um, I think Brett was going to play the first weekend or something like that, and um, I wasn't sure about that. I, I I know they hold these drafts every year, and I think they just draft the players with the hopes that they'll join their team, but at the very least, then they'll they'll hold their rights. So I had to do my due diligence. I did reach out to Brett. And um, all I will say is that nothing has been signed yet. So, um, and Alex has already resigned with um, Stockton. I no, is it Stock- the Calgary's minor league team? Is it Stockton Heat or am I dating myself? Uh, no, Calgary Wranglers, I think it is. Calgary Wranglers. All right. So um, he's already resigned with them. So he's not playing. And uh, I think if I think if they were to, were able to sign both of them, I think they'd have a better chance of them showing up. But um, my guess is the uh, Galants do not play up north this year, and um, I really wish that the Islanders would would have. Well, now you know Alex is resigned, but I've been bugging certain people in the Islanders organization for years to sign Brett and Alex and have them play in Bridgeport. Oh my God. The marketing opportunities are endless. And, um, it would be amazing to bring Brett back and, uh, and then have Alex with him. Oh my God, that would be unreal. Uh, but alas, it's not to be. So, um, Alex will not be in, uh, in the LNEH and I find it hard to believe that Brett will be there also, but stranger things have happened. And, We'll just follow this story. I will. Uh, I will keep you updated. And finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on the biggest story in the NHL this week. And um, and I'm I'm really only going to touch on it because it's fucking exhausting. But uh, the league this week said they are doing away with the themed warm up jerseys. And um, I have a lot to say about this. I really do, but that's not why you're listening. So I will either make this a a separate solo episode at some point or just keep it to myself because it is just so exhausting on social media. Um, I guess, listen, uh, this doesn't just apply to this. I I think it applies to life. Um, Those of you who know me may not know me. I'm 52 years old. I've been around for 52 years and I'm going to speak for myself. Just leave me alone. And I think a lot of people are like that. Like I think people just want to be left alone. And I I heard somewhere, I don't remember where it is. I heard somewhere that there are two types of people in this world, people that want to be left alone and people that won't leave them alone. And I just think, you know, I'm going to speak for myself. I have my lovely wife, my two amazing kids. I have bills to pay. I have mouths to feed. I have 
you know, I have so much stuff on my plate. I don't have time for anyone else's fucking bullshit. And you know what? It's more difficult than ever for so many of us to just survive, like pay our bills and do our thing without having this fucking bullshit in our ears 24-7. So the first thing I would say to people is keep in mind that Twitter, the amount of people on Twitter and social media in general is a very small sample size. So for any cause that you're trying to push, if you're doing it on social media, you are reaching a small percentage of the population. Next thing I would say is, Keep in mind what's important to you may not be important to other people. And just because you think it's important, other people may not. And you know what? That's okay. Because people just want to live their lives. And I guess the last thing I'll say is, and this I do know where it came from. I know he's credited with it, but I'm sure a lot of people have said it. But I love this guy, so I'm just going to credit him with it. Ricky Gervais said, just because you're offended, it doesn't mean you're right. And and really, truer words have never been spoken. Listen, I'm all for people being who they are. Nobody should have to pretend to be something they're not. Be yourself. I'm not going to say some of these stupid expressions like I fucking hate. Like, well, I guess I'll say them. Live your best life and be your true self. Like, oh my God, can you spare me with this shit? Keep them on their fucking rubber bracelets. Just say what you want to say without using those awful cliches. Be yourself and be who you are. And I don't care if you turn the volume up to 10 with who you are. If that's who you are, be who you are. Be proud of who you are. But be proud of who you are for yourself. Don't try to push who you are on someone else because most people just want to be left alone and I think most people most people accept people for what they are I I honestly believe that I think most people accept people for who they are but if you want to pick and choose people who don't and make it seem like it's more and a bigger problem than it really is well, then you go off the rails. So, you people out there, please, just just be yourselves. Live your life. Don't, don't change for anybody. Don't change who you are for a single fucking soul. Be who you are. And some people will like you, and some people won't like you. And if they don't like you, it doesn't matter why they don't like you. They don't like you. Move on. I know it might be hard to believe. But I know there are people out there who don't like me. And you know what? That's okay. I'm okay with that. And you should too. So please, just be yourselves. Live your life. I think you'll be a lot better off. I think your mental health will be a lot better off. And um, again, just be yourself. So finally, everybody, listen. You people, I am so happy to bring you the first podcast appearance of Burke Casabone, and I know you'll like it. Everybody out there, you people, this is my pleasure, and I hope you enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, tonight is the first episode 
in my new sub-series called Off the Island. And if you didn't listen to the episode where I talk about joining up and signing with the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, I, I want to expand my repertoire a little bit. And uh, Off the Island is going to feature people still involved in hockey, uh, but really they don't have any relationship with the Islanders, with Long Island. And my first guest tonight is someone I am a huge fan of. I, I loved him in Shorzy. I can't wait for season two. You may know him as Corey from season one of Shorzy, but I want to introduce everybody to Burke Casabon. Burke, how's it going? I'm great. How are you? Thank you for having me. This is this is so this is going to be so much fun. I, I, I we talked for a little bit beforehand, and um, for those of you who haven't seen Shorzy yet, I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. I mean, honestly, it's six. It's like. <laughs> You could you could binge all six episodes in the time it takes to watch a movie, and yeah. um, just get off your ass and watch this. It's unbelievable, and um, and Burke, you you're phenomenal, and we'll get into that. But you every appreciate it. Every line Burke said in the show made me laugh. So uh, <laughs> so get on that. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask all my guests. Now you're uh, born and you still live in North Bay, correct? Yep, that's correct. Born and raised. So it's funny because usually I interview people a lot older than you. Um, and by the way, happy belated birthday. Uh, Bert Thank just you. turned 20, so happy belated birthday. So usually I'll say, who were you as a kid? Even, But you're still a kid. But when you were younger and you're out there playing at the rinks, playing, you know, little hockey, that, whatever, did you have a favorite player that you tried to emulate? I did. My favorite player was uh, Brendan Gallagher from uh, Montreal. So I... Well, I don't play hockey anymore, so I guess we could say as a kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was definitely a grinder. I looked up to Brennan all the time. I just liked his grit and how he wouldn't. He was really short, just like me. I'm only like five nine. Um, and yeah, he just was really good at using his body in the corners, and he was never scared of anyone. So I always, yeah, I was, I was, I was in the box a lot for sure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I led my last year in AAA. I did lead the league in penalty minutes until I got suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, well, gonna, yeah. I noticed that. I noticed you had, yeah, a, yeah. You had some uh, high PIM totals there. So, oh, yeah. uh, so now you like Gallagher. Does that make you a Canadians fan, or, or do you like the Leafs? No, I'm a Canadians fan. And uh, what about Pops? Is he a Leafs fan? Nope. I was born into the Habs, okay. so that's kind of what I adapted to. But, yeah, basically everyone else is a Leafs fan, so it's pretty tough. <laughs> God, what is it like to be surrounded by that? Because I know on social media, um, that's a pretty annoying fan base. And maybe it's just the social media part of them. Maybe when you're around it, it's not so bad, but, but it's got to be overwhelming at no, times. No, it's, it's, it's honestly worse in person. <laughs> yeah, especially when, like, your entire friend group is all Leafs fans, including my girlfriend who's also a Leafs fan. Gotcha. So. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty annoying, especially this year yeah, because, oh yeah. you know, the Habs didn't even make the playoffs, but mm-hmm. I couldn't stop hearing about it every single day. Well, and especially cause they finally won a first round. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I honestly, I'm not going to lie. I did cheer for the Leafs mm-hmm. once playoffs started because yeah. Canadian team, right? Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But I mean, you should take solace in the fact that Montreal will probably still win the cup before Toronto. Oh, for sure. That's yeah, one hundred percent. That's excellent. So, um, 
Now you're in North Bay. Uh, I am more familiar with the Centennials because they played back when I was, uh, you know, when the uh, they had a good 20 year run. Uh, North Bay, they always had a tough team, but now they have the uh, battalion, correct? That used to yep. be in Brampton. So, uh, so do you follow them at all? Um, I don't follow hockey too much. Okay. Um, I go to the odd game. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go all the time when I was younger, mm-hmm. but uh, after COVID, I haven't really gone to many games. But um, I went to a couple playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple guys I know on the team, so yeah. I uh, yeah, I keep keep up to date with whether they win or lose. Okay. Now I mentioned your dad. Uh, and I'm very happy that he's not a Leafs fan. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, looking, uh, did a little research on him on, on the internet there. And uh, dad's name is Richard. I think you guys are similar in stature. I think he's uh, yes. just uh, 5'10 or something. He He's uh, at, and you said you're about 5'9". Um, what kind of player was your dad? Was he uh, physical like you? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, same same body type as me. I got all the the French build, um, <laughs> but he was a defenseman. So I I started off as a defenseman, and then I ended up going to center, which is kind of still a defenseman. Yeah. But um, yeah, he played a lot longer than I did. Mm-hmm. He kind of moved moved out at seventeen to uh, go and play in Stratford. Mm-hmm. Um, he also played for the Poisson Hawks in, here in North, well, just outside of North Bay. Um, but yeah, he was captain of basically every team he was on. So he was definitely a lot better than I was. <laughs> That's <laughs> well, for sure. Now, if you look at his uh, elite prospects in hockey DB, you know, after the, um, I think it's the Cullitons, then there's a big gap. And then he ended up in Germany for a little bit. Um, yeah. Did he play at all during that time that in between Stratford and Germany? Or did was the German thing just something that fell into his lap and he and he pursued it? Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that he did get, yeah, got offered to go play pro in Germany. Mm-hmm. And, well, he was with my mom at the time as well. So they, yeah. yeah, they went over there. I'm not too sure about that gap, though. Okay. And uh, how about we give some love to your mom, uh, Amy, who uh, reached out to me after I posted the uh, the Funko Pops on there. Yeah. And uh, and I, apparently, from what I can see, she's probably uh, one of the top realtors in the area, I would think. Yeah, she's been killing it. Yeah, she's uh, she's I think it's her third or fourth year. Yeah, and um, she's been doing great. Well, good for her. And just so you know, just uh, when um, when she had first reached out to me about contacting the person that did the pop, and then when I reached out to her about telling her I was going to chat with you, I can just tell how much pride she has in you and and how proud she is of you. So uh, as a proud parent myself, I I think you should know that uh, it's pretty obvious when she talks about you that, that she is very proud of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. My mom loves me very much. The (laughs) second I showed her that funk pop, she was like, where do I order them? Like, where do I get one? I was like, Oh, it was, it was custom. So I don't know. Yeah. So as far as I know, we have the only two. So yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. So we have the only two of those. And uh, I got, um, I got Michaels and uh, Shorzy with the uh, original Bulldogs jersey coming. Yeah. And uh, the next ones I got, I got Liam. Uh, uh, Liam and JJ and Dolo are, are next on the project for uh, Sarah, awesome. who makes them. So uh, I'll post pictures on the Instagram in case anyone uh, is listening and wants to get some, send some business Sarah's way. She does a great job. So, um, all right. So let's talk about the North Bay Trappers now. That's the... Uh, the team you played for and i think your dad played for them too back in the day right yeah we've always really been the trappers mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, so I played uh, six years of AAA, mm-hmm. um, and then basically my my hockey career ended with COVID. Yeah, I played uh, Pee Wee all the way to Major Midget with the uh, AAA Trappers. We had a few pretty rough years. Um, we were last place in the league after Sudbury. There used to be two teams, right? So there was um, Nickel City and then the Sudbury Wolves. And before that, they combined into one superpower team. The the league was pretty balanced, but after they made that switch, we were basically getting swept every single game. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that um, your hockey career ended with COVID. I know that, uh, I mean, it was a nightmare for everybody. I know down here in New York, it was very, rest- everything was restricted. I know up there in Canada, um, it was very, very similar. So is it something that you just, kind of lost the passion for it having to sit out that time or did you make a decision to pursue other things well i still think about hockey like all the time mm-hmm. i do it's not necessarily the hockey it's more the team yep um you know road trips and hockey practices and mm-hmm. everything like that but the um so basically the day that the extension i don't know if it was the same in the states mm-hmm. but there was a day where they basically said the march break was going to be extended by two weeks um, and we were all kind of celebrating and everything. And I was suspended our first playoff game. Okay. Turns out that was actually our last game. So okay. we went to the banquet that night and everything was canceled. Mm-hmm. And that was the last, uh, my last year major midget. Mm-hmm. We were, we finished second in the league, mm-hmm. I believe. And we, we were the team to win for sure. And it, yeah, it was, it was tough cause I didn't even get to play my last game cause of a suspension. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, like you said, everything was just so depressing and everything got like locked down right and then it was about a year and i still haven't put skates on Mm -hmm. and then all my other buddies you know started going away to play hockey and that was one thing that i wasn't really too sure about doing was moving away Mm -hmm. to go play hockey because i i kind of found that my route was never to go ohl Mm -hmm. nhl Mm -hmm. it was more scholarship route right um and then yeah once that two-year gap and like even the university situation kind of all went to shit. I mm-hmm. I found after being out for a year and a half, two years, that I was like, it was it was too far gone to come back. Right. Because I knew a lot of guys, and because it's so competitive at that age, right? Yeah, Seventeen yeah. to twenty is like huge. Mm-hmm. And I knew all those other, a lot of guys were still finding ice time, uh, and you know in the bigger cities, um, still training really really hard. So I just kind of fell into a groove, and I I didn't think I could keep up with the with the level to be honest i got you uh you did win a championship in i think 17 18 correct you were the minor mitch champ minor mitch champs thought i minor read that mi- on you it said minor midget champions on the uh elite prospects i don't think so all right well just say you did i mean it says it there i'm not the gonna lie <laughs> that my my hockey career now that it's a few years after it. I got mm-hmm. three pretty bad concussions playing hockey. Oh, no shit. So, okay. yeah, so I'm not going to lie to you. Like, there's – I'm noticing it more and more that mm-hmm. I – there's big chunks of my hockey trapper season that mm-hmm. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry to yeah. hear that. Hopefully that, that rectifies itself. So <laughs> – uh... <laughs> By me, I'm not. I'm only laughing because you're laughing. I hope it does rectify itself. Oh, no, itself. it's, it's <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, so let's talk about um... – your last couple of seasons there, because I, I noticed a significant jump in your PIMS there. Got uh, 
in the 18-19 season, you had 58 PIMs in 17 games. But 19-20, your last season there, that's when the uh, the big jump came in. Uh, 162 PIMs in 29 games. So uh, what exactly happened over those two seasons? Did Is it just a... Uh, you know, physically, physical maturity, maybe a different mindset. What what happened in the, in those two years where you became a menace? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, one of the biggest parts was is that me and only like three other guys on the Trapper team mm-hmm. were there from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So, and the other teams, they're basically just all the same guys. Mm-hmm. So we knew each other from like teenagers to young adults, mm-hmm. and we just had like the biggest love-hate relationship that it, it honestly just got to a point when hitting came into play mm-hmm. and we all started hitting puberty and getting our testosterone it just mm-hmm. yeah I kind of went crazy to be honest <laughs> but um no I was I was targeted a lot a lot of those guys um didn't like me on the ice because I I would shut them down down like I wouldn't stop and I was super rough and honestly like be even my size I would have some of the biggest hits in the league because I was just really solid. Um, so, yeah, a lot of those players, like, I just get, I'd have to stay on the best guy when I'm on the ice. And I do a lot of, even though I was in the box a lot, I'd also be the penalty killer for my team as well. Um, but I do have to say, a lot of my penalties, I'd always try and make sure I'm bringing a guy with me. So that was my number one thing. Even if I initially got the call, slashing or honestly, like, 90% of my penalties were cross tracks. I got you. Yeah. But I would always try and get the guy after the whistle to give me a nice clock to the head or something just so he could come with me, you know? Yeah. But I just, yeah, I love to chirp. Mm-hmm. I love to chirp. Um, I love the big hits and the cross-checking. And I was I was a centerman, so I was, I love, yeah, snapped a lot of sticks for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I guess it was just getting older and just the relationship with the Sudbury team was, mm-hmm. those were the games that we would just go balls to the wall. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there was that one year, not my last year, AAA, the second last year, we were honestly really, really bad. And we still had a great team. You know, everyone on the team still got along great. And we tried as hard as we could. We just didn't have the guys to compete. So I just found myself trying extremely hard. And we would just always get swept, you know. And all the guys on the other team would just constantly be chirping and pointing the scoreboard and getting in my face, and they don't care because they're up ten nothing, so they're just gonna try and fight now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's honestly what was it was turned into a goon show, to be honest. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, yeah, and then I guess it just got even more so. Well, and by the way, I just want to let people know that in those twenty nine games your last season, you did get sixteen points. So so you were doing other things too, yeah, uh, besides yeah. the shenanigans. But uh, maybe the shenanigans are the fun part. Yeah, I got in a lot of shit about it though. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of mistakes for sure. A lot of apologies to the team, but so uh, you mentioned a couple times about your uh, suspension. What'd you get suspended for? Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of a funny story. So we were playing at Memorial Gardens where the battalion play. Mm-hmm. Um, cross track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after the whistle, so I, I hit a guy. Uh, I'm not gonna mention his name, but I hit him pretty hard. He fell to the ground kind of skated away, came up behind me and cross-checked me right in the back of the head. Okay. So pretty dirty. Yeah. I turned around, and I cross-checked him right in the neck, you know, right up in the cage because mm-hmm. we still had cages. Yeah. And then, yeah, I got him pretty hard in the head. And, again, it was that one guy that I've been playing against for six years, and we just actually hated each other. So 
this is where it gets kind of weird. The main ref of that game was actually my vice principal at, at my high school. Okay. So he knew me and my family very, very well, which I found interesting because he called me for that suspension, and the other guy got a two-minute and was playing the rest of the game. And that's where I kind of got pretty upset and annoyed. So me and my dad actually we sent the footage to the association and complained about it, and they ended up saying that that shouldn't have been a suspension. It should have been a four-minute major, and that's it. So, yeah, it sucked because – I uh, yeah, I didn't get to play my last couple games of ever, mm-hmm. ever. It sounds like he was trying out to be a ref in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right. Well, as I said, I reached out to mom to see if I can get some stories. Uh, the uh, the whole gist of it was love to get stories that you're not expecting that might make you laugh. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we accomplish that. So. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Here we go. <laughs> so. I asked her, and she said that uh, her and your dad discussed a few things, one of which um, was Burke having to dress in character when we would go in public, mostly as Indiana Jones. He would wear a fedora hat, a satchel full of artifacts, a button-up shirt, the whole outfit. This went on for quite some time. Kind of hilarious. He also had a phase where he loved Captain (laughs) Jack Sparrow. We have photo evidence of these also. He yeah. was always thought of. He was always thought of as an old soul by anyone that would meet him. So, uh, before I go further, why don't you uh, why don't you talk about the Indiana Jones and the Captain Jack phase? Yeah. So even before that, it was actually Superman. Okay. And I'd always get the big Superman logo in uh, Sharpie right on my chest. Um, but yeah, I just it was honestly Indiana Jones. I just got my uncle John ended up showing me the movies when I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with the whole thing, and yeah, I got head to toe absolutely everything indiana jones had on Mm -hmm. and i had to have it on all the time so like anyone at the grocery store would always compliment me and (laughs) like the outfit i'd always have the whip tied on to my belt and then uh so that phase kind of went and then yeah right into uh captain jack sparrow if you're doing this every day what you do on halloween (laughs) i don't same thing, to be honest. Yeah. I figured <laughs> uh, you just went out in regular clothes on Halloween because yeah. you're in costume every day. Yeah, I'd always have to get, like, especially when I was Captain Jack Sparrow, like, get the dark eyelids yeah. mm-hmm. and the scars and the scruffle, fake beard and everything. And, yeah, I went full out. I was, I loved it. And and did I hear you right that when you were going through your Superman phase, you drew the S on your chest with shark? My, my mom, I did once by myself. Okay. Um, which, yeah, obviously was a big mistake. I think I was, like, four or five. <laughs> But my mom ended up doing it for me with, like, the water markers. But, like, every single morning, apparently, I would just wake her up and ask her to to put it right on. Uh, That's tremendous. She did say you've always been a very creative and adventurous person. Uh, Something I want to talk about later, she mentioned with the money you made from season one, you traveled to Thailand with your best friend, which I, I did see your pictures on Instagram. And she said, there's never any holding you back. And uh, then she mentioned a couple other things, which I told you I want to talk about at the end. But uh, but I could just tell that, uh, you know, that she's just beaming with pride. And those are some pretty good stories. I don't know if there's any other phase you went through that you want to mention. Yeah, honestly, that, that first trip to Thailand, I was still 18. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was right after being cooped up in COVID for a super long time. And that's COVID was kind of when I fell in love with fitness. Mm-hmm. I transitioned from doing full-time hockey to full-time fitness because I had unlimited time, right? Yeah. 
And uh, and then I actually started training for a bodybuilding show. Mm-hmm. So I got like so into fitness that I was I still count my calories to this mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Um. So I was training for a show. I did a pretty big lean bulk, and I got a, I gained like forty pounds. I was eating nine meals a day. Wow. Um. Yeah, I got up to like two ten. Mm-hmm. I'm like one seventy normally. Mm-hmm. Um. And then my buddy, my my best friend Joe, who we work together now. Mm-hmm. Um. He was at Laurier University, and he just really didn't like what was going on in his program. He wasn't enjoying it, mm-hmm. and he was going to drop out. And I'm like, dude, why don't we just fuck off for, like, a month, man? Let's just go anywhere. Like, we haven't done anything in so long, and we both got – well, I got more mo- – like, a decent amount of money from Shorzy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm 18, so I'm like, damn, like, I haven't yeah. seen the amount of money in a long time. <laughs> yeah. And I was also getting um, EI payments by the government mm-hmm. because I lost my job in COVID. Right. So I, and I'm not spending any money cause I'm not doing anything. So right. yeah, I honestly just looked up some, some random locations and then just fell in love with the whole vibe of Thailand. Um, and then realized that it was as far as it was and yeah. the trip was quite extreme at our ages, but my parents fully, at first my parents didn't really believe that mm-hmm. it was going to happen, mm-hmm. which I understand, but yeah, it happened, man. Like we, it was a shit show on the other end, yeah. but yeah, we had to convince our parents, mm-hmm. book the tickets, and then um, there was no turning back. Yeah, we flew like, took two days to get there, 12-hour mm-hmm. time difference, and it was, ah, uh, yeah, there's so many fucking stories from that trip, man. Like, mm-hmm. it was it was nuts. Would you, would you go to Phuket, place like that? or? Yeah, so we actually backpacked the entire country. No so, shit. um, yeah, we went to like 12 cities in, in 30 days. So we wow. were constantly moving and constantly moving and constantly losing things and <laughs> getting into a lot of fucking shit. Um, but yeah, we, we actually landed in Phuket. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of just did like a big loop. We got motorcycles in every city we went in. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever get caught by the cops, you just pay them off. Yeah. You, you pass them, you pass. <laughs> yeah. Well, they always do cop stops and yeah. just to catch the tourists. So you go yeah. through. No, no one has their license. Right. You just give them a thousand dollar bot, like a Thai bot bill, which mm-hmm. is like forty Canadian. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, we would just head to the next city, stay like three to five days in each. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our last, very last destination was Bangkok. So we kind of okay. did all south, and then made our way. We went to like Khao Sok, which is like um, right in the middle of the jungle, a lot of like beautiful lakes. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, we took like a sixteen hour bus ride all the way to Bangkok. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Did you catch any Muay Thai uh, events while you were there? Yeah, actually, there's the thing with Thailand is that it's hap- well, it's happening everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of the bars actually just have live fights happening all night long. A yeah. lot of them are a lot of the bars have like staged fights. Yeah, yeah. they're still hitting each other hard and everything, mm-hmm. but it's more for like entertaining drunk tourists type of thing. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> I didn't catch an actual fight. Right. Because it wasn't in my budget. Because like I was only doing forty Canadian a day. That was okay. my budget, including mm-hmm. hotel, food, my motorcycle, gas, yeah. and that was that was perfectly enough. So I didn't want to yeah. go over. But something to uh, to add here: we ended up losing like all of our bank cards. No shit. Yeah, like it was. It's yeah. We ended up. My buddy Joe lost his card first, mm-hmm. and then that was kind of like a big holy shit. You lost one of your two cards, mm-hmm. and then uh, a couple weeks later, I lost my credit card, Ugh. and then now we're both down to one card, and his credit card's already maxed out. Yeah. 
because we had to lock, you know, we have to lock our, our checking accounts. We can't send money over, and then I ended up losing my last card. Anyways, oh, we lost all of our cards, man, and it yeah. was it was pretty stressful, dude. And I, <laughs> I, I honestly didn't tell my parents about anything. Mm-hmm. I got clocked in the face at a bar in Bangkok, fucking definitely another concussion, huge black eye for the last, like, week of my trip. Jeez. Yeah, it was it was nuts. Like, I felt like I was in my own hangover movie. Like, wow. it was honestly, like, if you were to take the trip that we had – yeah. At our age in Thailand, mm-hmm. you could make a brand new Hangover movie, and it would be even fucking funnier than the other one. <laughs> oh, for sure. Make notes so you don't forget it, because eventually oh, yeah. you may want to write a book. So, uh, yeah. So make some notes there. All right. So now let's move on. You, um, I'm assuming, like a good Canadian lad, you may have watched the show Letter Kenny every now and then. So uh, I'm assuming you've seen uh, most, if not every episode. Actually, I've wa- I haven't watched every episode. Okay. Um, I watched a lot when Riley and Jonesy started getting pretty big, right? Because I was, yep. like, I'm, when I was, what, Letterkenny started when I would have been, has it been going on for, like, nine years now? Something like that, yeah, you would have Yeah, been, so I, yeah. I started watching a lot when, started getting a little older with hockey, and then, like, mm-hmm. the top titty Bardowski and then yep. all the the furda and all that yep. stuff started coming out and then i was like holy shit what's going on here and all <laughs> the guys like all the the teammates were all watching it and everything but mm-hmm. yeah i've definitely seen a lot of clips a lot of episodes of Letterkenny. yeah so um so then you were obviously aware of the shorzy character yes oh yeah and uh, yeah did he remind you of yourself as a player he did I, yeah <laughs> yeah i loved it. Uh, it i mean really when you were describing yourself it sounded like you were describing Shorzy with the chirping and the stick work and, uh, you know, so it sounded like you were describing yourself and him. Oh, literally. I'll, yeah. It's just like, what do they say in that first episode? He'll show you. Yeah. He's going to get you. After. <laughs> and it, yeah. Just the compilation of all the, yeah, literally that's kind of how I play it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you one way or another. So, <laughs> so tell me how you heard about the, uh, the show, the Shorzy, uh, the spinoff Shorzy. And um, was there an audition? How did this whole process start? Yeah, so super random. Um, like I said, hockey was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, my aunt, who was my vice principal at high school, saw this Facebook ad. that They were looking for extras for Shorzy. And I was like, what do you mean Shorzy? What's Shorzy? And I was like, kind of put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly didn't think much of it. I wasn't – I'm like, yeah, mom, you can sign me up, whatever. doesn't matter. So she sent in a little bio mm-hmm. uh, with a couple couple pictures. And I didn't really know if it was legit. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it was just a Facebook ad, right? So yeah. I had no idea. Um, but yeah, we ended up sending in that bio like a couple days late. We were actually out on a fishing trip, mm-hmm. and then I got an email back a couple days later asking me to audition for a role. Mm-hmm. And the role Corey wasn't actually named Corey; like it was a different name. I can't remember what it was, mm-hmm. but yeah. So they sent me like four four slides, so like four pages of uh, script. Mm-hmm. I've never acted before, never uh, didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I honestly wasn't going to do it. I waited to yeah. the very last day it was due to do it because really? um, I just had no idea. And I just thought the whole concept of like, like I like, you know, YouTube and shit like yeah. that. But mm-hmm. the whole acting part I've never done, Right. Uh, never tried to do. Mm-hmm. So I got my buddy, uh, my buddy Liam. We had a party the night before. He slept over. I'm like, yo, it's, uh, it's doing a few hours. You just want to try and bang this out. Yeah, filmed the audition, 
did it for about four hours, I think it took me. And it's, it's funny because my buddy Liam, I love him very much. He he has a, a stutter that comes and goes, but mm-hmm. he was messing up more than me. And then when I would mess up, he wouldn't mess up type yeah. of thing. So we were getting like really, really frustrated. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where I was just like, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And then my other buddy was like, come on, don't be a fucking pussy. Yeah. Like, come mm-hmm. on, just do it, just do it. Did it. Three months later, totally forgot I even did it. You know, I just kept living life. Ended up getting a call from uh, Kara, the producer. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, how's it going? She's like, hey, we loved your fucking audition. Like, just <laughs> like that. Like, you fucking killed it. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? Are you being serious? She's like, yeah, you fucking landed the role. You're on the fucking show. I was like, holy shit. Didn't even know what to think about. My mom starts tearing up. She's yeah. freaking out. Mm-hmm. So really, really random. Um, then, yeah, then we started filming. And that whole process was... All brand new to me, pretty intimidating. Um, I was really nervous, but we fucking did it. Now, normally auditions are done in person with the multiple people auditioning for the same part. Was this a, a result of COVID where they were doing like you had to videotape your audition and send them in? Is that what this was about? Yeah. So after talking to like a few other people that act, they basically said, yeah, once COVID happened, right, you couldn't do any in person. Right. Um, so everything moved to self-tapes. Gotcha. And now that COVID's done, they actually realize doing self-tapes is way more efficient. Yeah. So now it's like 95% self-tapes, gotcha. which is much, much better. Yeah. And you mentioned that you never act and never did anything before. Is that including like elementary school, grade school, high school? You never a school play, never anything? Well, yeah, I've done a, a couple plays, okay. but um, um, my, my cousin, we was always like North Bay is a really small town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin always organizes the the huge plays, musicals we have once a year that play for like a week at the end of the – it's called like Summer Challenge. Mm-hmm. So I was always backstage growing up every year, um, always loved it, but I don't sing. You know, I wasn't really yeah. into musicals. So I kind of love movies, you know, but yeah, I, I've done one one or two plays when I was younger. I yeah. barely remember. Yeah, we all did those in school. Yeah. But, uh, it just is, it, it just would have been ironic if you had never even done a school play. And now you're well, on I don't TV. think I ever had lines in a school play, so okay. it was like I was just kind of standing there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you um, you end up on set. You've never experienced anything like this before. So, what what happens? You show up because obviously I've never experienced anything like this before. So, you just show up, and there are a bunch of trailers, and you see a trailer. I was shit my fucking pants, man. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Like, yeah, you, I mean, it's got to be intimidating. You're you're basically now your boss is a guy who portrayed Don Cherry and d- just nailed it. And he's sort of like a, an icon across Canada now. Just this is absolute beauty. Yeah. yeah. This is your boss now, and you've never done this before. So take me through what's going through your mind in the early days. Yeah, so I show up first day, um, got my hair done, makeup done. Yeah, I was at the trailers, chilling in my own trailer, just read even though I had the lines memorized like two weeks before I showed up. Like yeah. they were, I just kept reading them over and over and over and over because I knew the second those cameras would, they say action, my brain's going to make, which yeah. it ended up happening. But we get there and the first day we were just filming the, in the stand scenes. Mm-hmm. So just the ones where it's like just us, yeah. which was really nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, it was really excited, but also really nerve wracking because there's like a hundred people on set, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like, a hundred people watching you the whole time on like 15 different screens and everyone's there just for you. So it was like a lot of attention at one time. 
And yeah, never acted before. But the very first scene we shot was you could hear Batqueef in here, gents. Okay. <laughs> so that was the very first scene. And it was it was a tough one to start with, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie. Yeah. Um but so the first day was really nerve wracking. Um, but apparently we ended up killing it and Jared was so beyond happy, he gave me and Keegan like huge hugs. And because that's another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that most people on Shorzy have never acted before. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're all in the same situation as me. And I was talking to Jared and he was telling me the whole process of getting the show and how he was like, I want most people to have never acted before because I want it to be the most realistic hockey show ever. Mm-hmm. So it was very nerve wracking for him. He was explaining that to me and it was just, he was so happy. He handed me his credit card. He's like, Here's my pin. Go to the fucking keg, man. Get whatever the fuck you want. You want steaks to for tomorrow morning. Get them sent to your room. And it was just a great, great experience. And then the next day was when the nerves were gone. And it was fun because we were doing all the on-ice. And it was me, Keegan, and, and, and Jared. So yep. getting to act with Jared. And Jared just, all the nerves went away because he would yeah. just tell me exactly how to do it. He would, we would just laugh our asses off between scenes. We'd do a scene like five times and just laugh our asses off. Um, and then I just, yeah, fell in love with it, honestly. I fell in love with um, being on camera. Like once yeah. it was not shit in my pants, I could actually like talk to people, get to meet people. Um, it was the coolest experience of my life. Made a lot of new friends. Like I didn't get too close with the um, crew in season one. Because I was only there for six days, okay. um, and they were all kind of from out of town. I'm driving my own car, so and they're a lot a lot older than me, so I didn't really hang out with them much. I met them all on set, but again, everyone, no one knew each other. Like even all the uh, the older guys, they didn't know each other, so everyone was pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, and that was the big transition from season one to season two. Like season two, everyone was fucking buddies. We would yeah. get together whenever we could. Big difference between the two seasons for sure um it one of the things i was going to say to you and you just kind of brought it up so i'll I'll segue into that it seems like you know because i follow as many people as i can on social media and and pretty much everybody's younger than me so it seems like you guys all kind of gravitate towards instagram and especially with season two everything i saw whether it was a story or a photo it's very rare that I saw a photo of someone by themselves. It was always uh, the person whose account it was with two, three, four, five other people always smiling. It really, you get the impression that you guys really enjoyed being around each other. And it was sort of like, it's like one big family. It doesn't matter who's got more lines, this or that, you know, who, what role this guy has or, or that girl has, whatever it is. Everything I saw, it was just smiles, and it just seemed like you guys really enjoyed being around each other. Yeah, everyone everyone on the show is just so cool. You know, everyone's living a different life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like you said, no one's ever really alone. We all want to do things together. Again, those guys are there for, like, five weeks straight. Mm-hmm. I'm popping in, in and out a couple weeks apart here and there. Yeah. So they would probably be, have more information on that. But yeah. when I was there, like – goody dolo max yeah. we'd always go up for we'd always go up for dinner um hit the gym together yeah i uh me and max we'd go we went to the shorzy game together mm-hmm. um but yeah everyone's super close and the one thing that i was super nervous about is that i'm a lot younger than those guys right yeah. so I, I was not necessarily trying to fit in but you know trying to be 
cool enough to hang out with the big guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they fuck it felt great. Like they didn't make anything weird. It was we all got along great, and then uh, partied really fucking hard. <laughs> Season two, mm-hmm. a lot of sleepless nights, but for a good reason. For a great reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So your partner in crime on the show, Liam Keegan Long. So I did. Uh, I did message him. He sent me some uh, some things that he said might make for some good stories, and uh, just like you said, most people um, really aren't actors that come on the show. Now Keegan right. did appear in one episode of Letter Kenny, so yep. but I don't know if he had done anything else. I don't think he did. So even though he's got a little bit more experience than you, um, and he had some experience being on a set and everything, and also he's a kid too, just like you. It's not like he's been acting for 20 years so right um so that is you know i think that's pretty cool also um and for those of you that aren't aware if you want to go back keegan appeared in uh season nine uh i think it might have been the second or third episode called kids with problems so if you want to go back (laughs) and see a young keegan uh liam from shorzy go back and uh and check that out so uh these are from keegan uh ask him if he shaves his face the night before or the morning of a day on set, he always hated having to shave his face for the role. So that might be something funny to bring up. Yeah. Like season one, like I said, I, I was, I was in my bulk for bodybuilding. Right. Yeah. So I was 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. Okay. And you know, I was, didn't really feel too comfortable about it, but yeah, I had a beard and it, I never shaved my beard since I could grow it out. Mm-hmm. So I, I waited to the very last minute leaving that hotel room to shave my beard in the morning. And I was, I honestly like just felt so naked. Like I just, <laughs> oh, I didn't like it at well, all. I, I can't tell you the last time I shaved this. So uh, I, I couldn't even, uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, he said another question um, would be something involving the cages that you wore during the scenes. He said you both really hated having to wear those cages. Oh, hated them a lot. Yeah, because we weren't allowed to wear actual helmets. Right. That fit nice, you know, look good. That was yeah. the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just like right before we go on, they're like, "Yo, take those helmets off. Wear these." And I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Like, <laughs> they were like, reap old rock, huge chrome cages. Yeah. yeah, it was. But that's the look, though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Jared's like that. I want you guys to look like fucking dumbasses. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to look like high school losers. And I was like, yeah. "Okay, makes sense. Let's do it." <laughs> and yeah, it was didn't like the cages, but. They're on. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, also, uh, apparently, there was a pizza vending machine that you guys frequented uh, outside the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, like, our go-to. Because, mm-hmm. like, everything would close, like, skip the dishes or whatever would close at, like, 1, 1 a.m. And, fuck, you know, you're, you're drunk. You need something good to eat. Soggy pizza from the vending machine out in Sudbury. Doesn't sound too bad. But, yeah, that vending <laughs> machine. It, it was broken, though, all season two. So, I... Didn't get to have it again, unfortunately. Yeah, to have regular food, is that it? Or just went hungry at night? No, I I would stock up my fridge up. (laughs) Uh the other one of the other things he told me was the story that you had said about um Jared giving you guys a credit card and going to the keg. Um and he basically said, you know, Jared and uh, and Jacob also came up and gave you guys big hugs and um he just said because that was the first time you'd ever been on a set. So he could just he, he just figured you'd enjoy the memory, and uh, and you already brought that up. And I love I mean to me those two guys together, Jared and Jacob, they're unbelievable together. And 
uh, I mean, Jacob's one of my favorite characters in Letterkenny. I, he's like, everything he's he does. so funny, man. Oh, my God. He is so fucking good. And even, obviously, I had a much smaller part in Shorzy. But, again, every word that comes out of his mouth makes me laugh. And Shorzy, like... Benny I, Brother! Yeah, I, they're both so fucking good together. Like, it's it's amazing. So, uh, yeah. so I wanted to bring that up. And then um, he did tell me to ask you about the premiere party in Montreal. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, so that was... I got a random email when I was working at Popeyes. And um, it's from Jared's assistant. Saying that he bought his plane tickets and that we're flying out to Montreal. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we flew out to Montreal. Me and Keegan met up at the airport. We had, like, this really nice Lincoln, like, limo picking us up. Like, Jared completely spoiled us. Put us in old town Montreal, which basically looks like Europe. Super nice hotel. And <laughs> we were both pretty nervous because yeah. we're the youngest by far. Mm-hmm. And... um I still don't really know the cast that much. Like I met most of the cast at that premiere party. Um, and yeah, there was about probably 80 people. Dolo, he's the hookup in Montreal. So he got the whole party flat. All of his buddies were there. It was, yeah, a great night. Open bar. It was funny. I even got fucking loaded. Um, I was trying to keep myself together. You know, I didn't want to look like an idiot. Um, but yeah, I got to meet a lot of the guys. Had a great time. I'm sorry, it's a phone call coming in here. Um, <laughs> and then around 4 o'clock is when things got real interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, we all ended up, went for a big walk together. It was like just the the core cast mm-hmm. and Jared. Um, Jared walks in this hotel, this hotel and he's like, I want to buy three fucking rooms mm-hmm. right now. Put, put Make sure they're in the corner and three that are attached. We want to open up the doors. No noise complaints. We're going to be partying until fucking 7 a.m., whatever. Yeah. Go up and just fucking party all night long with them. And, yeah, that was the night where it's like we all became really close friends. It was, it was fucking nuts. But it was funny because, like, we stayed up till I think we were, me and Keegan were walking back to our hotel at, like, 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And our flight was at, like, 11. Mm-hmm. So we were only there for, like, half a day. So yeah. it's like we didn't even really – we didn't sleep. We just right. – and then we went on a walk. We were looking at Uber, the Uber um, to get to the airport. It was like $100. We were like, what the fuck? Walked through like Old Town China, going into the shops because it reminded me of Thailand. Yeah, it was, it was, it was hilarious. So tell me about uh, working with Keegan. I mean, uh, you guys are like, you know, close in age, the closer in age than you guys are to anyone else. And uh, I, I had said to him when we were messaging back and forth, I'm like, it, you, you guys gave the impression that you guys might have grown up together. You had such great chemistry. Uh, I mean, the three of you, including Jared in the scenes, but the two of you together, uh, it almost seemed like, I mean, it was flawless. And uh, But what was it like working with him? Keegan's an absolute beauty, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he does, he's in, like, acting school. Right, so he okay. does a lot of theater. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of theater background as well. So he wasn't very as nervous as he was still nervous, but yeah. he helped me with my nerves. Okay. Um, so I basically, we just started FaceTiming, practicing yeah. the lines a couple mm-hmm. weeks before. He helped me out a fuck ton. Mm-hmm. Um, basically broke down all the sides for me. And, yeah, we just practiced our lines to the point where they were, like, just off the top. Mm-hmm. So we'd basically just do laps around our, our room and just walk around and just, practice our lines and then yeah we got super close we still stay in touch talk basically every day 
That's awesome. Um, yeah, he's basically a friend for life now. I think um, I've said this forever. Theater acting, that is like far and away. And not that I'm saying something no people don't know. That's like the real deal because there's no cuts or do-overs. I mean, you're on stage in front of people live. Like my wife loves going to Broadway and stuff like that. And, and she's way more into it than I am, but I, I don't mind going. And every time we go, and I think we've, we've gone to a handful of shows. We've been together a long time. And I just leave there with so much respect for those people that do the stage acting because you, there's no do-overs. And it's so funny you say that because yeah. I just watched the rock of ages in Toronto last weekend. Okay. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, yeah. Holy shit, man. They go for three hours straight. No second takes, mm-hmm. no miss notes when they're singing. It's yep. like a whole new level of acting. Like it is, it's it, nuts. It's not, it's, it's gotta be. And, and like I said, Kika would know this better than anybody. It's, it's, it's like I say, legit acting because you, yeah. you can't fuck up. Like my wife, she loved, phantom of the opera so we had that here on broadway forever and uh it just closed down a couple of months ago so she wanted to go see it one last time and um we had really good seats and so we're literally feet away from the stage and i'm just watching these people and i'm just like man this is and i get it at a certain point you do it so much it probably becomes sort of muscle memory but still yeah one fuck up and you probably are kicking yourself the rest of the night if it happens early, you might be doing it two more hours. Like I, I just the, yeah. the theater actors, fuck that's that's legit stuff. Different you know, level. So, yeah. So Keegan, if you're listening, man, that that's legit. You have my respect. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just five dollars to score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Reese's. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus legal requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. You people have no idea how many times I had to try to record that. So I, <laughs> I should play that for you one day. The inevitable comparisons with you, with uh, Corey and Liam, obviously have to be with Riley and Jonesy. So those are inevitable. Uh, and for those of you maybe not maybe not familiar, Riley and Jonesy are two of the characters in uh, – Letter Kenny, basically they are the fuck you Shorzies 
of uh, of Letter Kenny. So the, the comparisons to Corey and Liam are inevitable. Um, does that and and people know Riley and Jonesy, obviously that watch yeah. the show. Does that create even more pressure for you? Is that something that even held on more pressure for you because you're you're different but you're similar? Is that does that make more pressure for you when you're on set? Yeah, I honestly thought about it a long because I didn't want to with no acting experience. I didn't want to go in there and copy them, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a copy. And Jared kind of sat us down and he was like, "Listen, you guys are the new duo, mm-hmm. okay?" And I was like, "Okay." So we we talked about Riley and Jonesy, mm-hmm. and yeah, I put a lot of thought into it, and I kind of practiced a lot by myself. And Jared just made it really simple for me. He's like, just be a fucking dick, man. (laughs) He's like, Liam is the nerd, the friendly nerd, Mm -hmm. and you just don't put up with shit. And I'm like, all right, that's easy enough. Mm -hmm. And once he said that, I completely forgot about Riley and Jonesy, and I just kind of went into that. Um, But a lot of pressure, like being the new duo, Mm -hmm. the new fuck you Shorzy guys. It was, it's honestly really cool because I used to watch that, you know, a few years back. Mm -hmm. The fuck you, Shorzies, and yeah. the chirps, and the the dress, the upside down Shorzy, and the <laughs> in the shower, and yep. everything. Like, yeah, man, it was it's a pretty cool experience. Now, I mean, there are differences. I mean, you guys, first of all, you guys are high school kids, and yeah. even though you know he, he said you know you guys are dumbasses, whatever it is, literally Riley and Josie are basically himbos. They're they're himbos and everything, and and hockey is their life. You you guys are high school, so. You got the way that you guys did it. It's obviously very similar, but there are definitely differences. But like I said earlier, I think you guys knocked it out of the park, and it's it's had like you said, it was a pretty pressure packed situation. So that yeah. you guys did excellent. So appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, man. Now we, you basically had scenes where it was you guys, you and and uh, Keegan in the crowd, and you, Keegan, and Jared. Uh, either on the bench or in the penalty box. Okay. Yep. Um, did you ever get tongue-tied? I mean, you guys, are, it was just quick, fast pace stuff like that. Did you guys, I mean, I would imagine there, if a blooper reel was ever put out, it'd have to be pretty hysterical. I, I keep asking them to make a blooper reel, but they're yeah. like, honestly, we can't. Like, yeah. it would be too bad, you know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the big... Being on camera, that was really nerve-wracking for me because yeah. you can't look at them. You don't see them. It was right. just the lines. I've never mm-hmm. memorized lines like that before. Yeah. Um, and it was the, the banter back and forth between me and Jared that I was mm-hmm. worried about because yeah. it's like a full-blown conversation. Yeah, so we would do um, like average five takes. Yeah. So there's usually about three takes you normally do, mm-hmm. um, two really good takes. And then one, Jacob would just yell, this one's just for fun, so okay. just fuck around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we mess up, you do a couple more or whatever. Um, but the second I started doing the lines with Jared, he just, we just blew through it, honestly. It was, it was like natural to both of us. Well, obviously natural to him, but yeah. it was, it was awesome. And he, we could just tell as we were doing it, looking at each other, like that one serious scene where I was like getting kicked off the ice. Yeah, yeah. Like that was where I like, kind of the only point where I like actually had to act a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was funny the first time we shot it because like he's looking at me like fucking pissed and i'm yeah. looking at him fucking pissed and i'm like well, shit is he actually mad at me type of thing? <laughs> but yeah that was it was so fun that those scenes on ice were so fun to shoot like mm-hmm. it was the coolest part to shoot 
Um, the the one that gets me the one when you guys would argue, and you just came up with all the different names for the Blueberry Bulldogs. Right. I, I, I got to give you a ton of credit because to remember all that stuff, that is impressive. Because so what I did for yeah. those lines specifically, because those ones are so weird right yeah. random right um i just recorded myself saying them one after the other mm-hmm. and the whole hour and a half drive from north Dakota to Sp- sudbury i just listened to it i'm not even joking just the whole time so they were like perfectly in my head yeah so when we shot that um the camera never stops rolling okay so i basically say the line um and then wait two seconds for two count say the next line and just like that so i did that that was honestly the easiest scene for me to shoot Okay. was that and a lot of people find that feel like how did you memorize that i'm like it was like inbreded in my in my brain yeah. like it was so funny <laughs> jared was surprised too that i had him so quick he was like yeah. damn he's like, i'm like jared i'm not coming here to fuck around man i'm not trying to <laughs> how how um i mean obviously i'm sure you would get asked this a lot um just how, how is, he seems like a pretty good guy and one of the things i think i i admire about him is i i don't know where i heard this but he doesn't do interviews anymore. And the reason I heard is because he wants everybody else on the show to do interviews. And like, because obviously if someone wants to interview someone about the show, he's your obvious go-to guy. But, and I don't know how true that is, but how true this is, but he kind of wanted to step back and let the rest of the cast do interviews to kind of get them out there and uh, yeah. get them a little bit more well-known. And I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. Jared is by far one of the coolest guys I've ever met. And not only because he's Jared Kiso, yeah. but just who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point you just brought up about the interviews, mm-hmm. um, I'm not too sure about the interviews. Right, right. But for me, it's more like he's the only celebrity I know that mm-hmm. is not consumed by social media. Right. He doesn't give a fuck, right. which is like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. He's not on Instagram. He's not on Facebook. He's not doing anything. He's not posting extra videos. Right. He just doesn't care for that shit. And yeah. it's like you don't – there's not one other person I know or that any anyone else knows that yep. is doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And he's always so – his work ethic is just is insane. Like yeah. he's on set 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. till the very last person leaves, Yeah, right? Because he's also like directing it as well with Jacob. Right, right. Um, and then I'm like, yo, Jared, so – you know, what do you have planned? He's like, just work, 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 right? And he's just always working. He always has a smile on his face. And he's always so helpful with everything. Like, he's just, I don't even know how to explain it, man. Like, he's just, you have a conversation with him, and it doesn't matter what he's doing. He will give you your 100% engine. He will ask you questions. He will help you out. And a lot of people aren't like that in the industry right. anymore. Like I've done a few things now, like I have an agent, so I've been doing other auditions and mm-hmm. I've been meeting other people. And a lot of people know this already, but mm-hmm. the whole movie acting industry, like a lot of people are dicks, man. Like yeah. people don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. You're just showing up to do your thing. And that's the difference about Shorzy and Jared himself. Yeah. Like he's feels like he's a best friend, you know? Yeah. And like I said, he flew us out. Um, like we text here and there. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just a really really cool dude. No, that's, that's great to hear because I I obviously have no experience with acting Hollywood or you know filming up in Canada, but just I'm sure like you say you don't have to tell me that there's a lot of assholes in the business because yeah. it's pretty it's pretty obvious they 
speaking of social media, they don't hide it. It's, it's just, right. if you think someone's an asshole, you could just go and look at their social media and chances are you're going to go, yeah, they are pretty fucking idiotic, you know? So, uh, but that, that's great to hear. And, and I think again, that sort of lends itself to the whole, it looks like you guys really enjoy being around each other. And I think that with, with him, it probably, that that really is something that he would want. He'd want that environment while, while filming. Right. So, so I know you don't watch hockey too much, but there were some pretty good hockey players on the set there. And I know that your, yep. your um, scenes are mostly with Keegan and Jared, but even between season one and season two, um, I just want to talk about some of these guys. Now uh, I'll start with Hitch, Terry Ryan, now, Terry and I have known each other for a very, very long time. So uh, I love him. You know, I love his parents. They're they're great people. And uh, I'm so happy for him with everything that he's done between uh, Shorzy and, and his podcast and everything. And I know he's uh, he's mentioned something about he's having a, um, some liquor coming out in the next few months. So uh, for me, you know, Terry, I'm just so happy for him. Um, so you had a guy like Terry Ryan, who's a first round pick in the NHL. You got Jordan Nolan there, two-time Stanley Cup winner. Yep. You know, brother Brandon played in the NHL Carolina. You got uh, Jonathan Diaby, several years pro, played in the uh, the Quebec Senior League. Uh, you got one John of the. Marasty. I was gonna say you got one of the baddest dudes to ever lace him up. Oh yeah, John Morasty. So, yeah. can you kind of appreciate being around all those guys, like oh, you know, as yeah, as a kid, just the, what those guys have done in the sport? Oh, for sure. Like, and that's honestly like when I'm with them, you know, we're not doing small talk. Like I want to hear the stories. I want to hear about the experiences. Um, yeah. Like Terry Ryan's fucking that guy will Mm -hmm. blow your mind with the story. Well, you know, but his stories are just the coolest thing ever. And, um, yeah, Jordan, Mm -hmm. we, we would talk about his career all the time. We talked about his time in LA yeah. Um. What it was like. Like, I was really curious. I'm like, do all the guys on the team like hang out together? Um. And yeah, he he changed my vision on how the NHL is like, right? Because like yeah. my whole my whole thing about team playing hockey is a lot different, right? Because you're all friends. And but yeah, he he surprised me with a lot of shit he had to say. And me and Dolo are really good buddies now. Um. His hockey career was pretty interesting to hear about, yeah. and. Like, the incident that was in Shorzy was yeah. also very interesting to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, John, me and John don't talk much because right. um, he is, you know, he's a lot of, he doesn't really party as much as the right. guys do. He has a lot, he has a few kids, yeah. wife at home, he's the chief where he's from. Yeah. So he's not, he's out of his parties, basically. Yeah. But he has some crazy stories, man. Like, and I, me and my dad sat down one night and just watched, like, I think over 30 YouTube videos of this guy fighting. And I'm like, holy shit, this guy would like put his head through a brick wall. Like he's just a fucking crazy guy. Yep. And he is like, I think the most watched hockey fight of all time, I believe. Probably him and uh, Yablonski. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's just like, right, right, right. They're just going non. And and they're buddies, eh? Yeah. I asked him about that fight and he's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we grew up together and we would, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you guys saying right now in that fight? He's like, Rather we should keep going. I'm yeah. Like, oh yeah. Fuck, yeah. It, 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 guys like Morasti and Yablonski, Trevor Gillies, those guys are all buddies. They'll try to take each other's head off in the game, but if they're together in a group after the game, don't even look at them wrong because they're 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 a wolf pack and right. they're fucking dangerous. So uh, 
But uh, yeah, so and speaking of bad dudes, uh, Goody, okay, yep. he played junior hockey, uh, yeah. tri- triple digits in pims, and and we're talking about Andrew and Sanon, uh, triple digits every season. But I guess hockey wasn't tough enough for him, so he transitioned it to MMA. So you got like some of the baddest dudes playing hockey there. Then you got a legit. And then they're legit. Don't get me wrong, but a legit guy here and Andrew that can just twist you into a pretzel or knock you out, oh, whatever, yeah. you, whatever you prefer. Um, so it had to be, it had to be pretty cool. Like for me, I'm 52. I think I, told you, I think I'm older than both your parents, but like yeah. I, I could listen to Terry tell stories every day, and oh, yeah. I would love to sit down with Andrew, have some beers with him or something, and hear some of his stories because he did a really good episode with uh, with Terry on his show. And he seems yeah. like a real interesting guy just to, to hear some good stories about, you know, playing uh, minor hockey and, um, you know, MMA stuff. I love that, too. And, and um, he had to be a lot of fun to hang out with. I did see uh, you guys went to the gym a few times that uh, you yeah. both posted it on Instagram. So uh, how how much fun was it hanging out with Andrew? Yeah, me and Andrew got really close mm-hmm. uh, second season. Like, I'm, yeah, me and, it was me, Andrew. Dolo and Max. That was kind of our season two group when I was up anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, me and Andrew talked about all kinds of shit, yeah, man. We, I loved working out with them because we'd both just go fucking really hard. Yeah. And yeah, you don't want to fuck with that guy. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Like, I would... Like, we were having some drinks at Max's place, you know, and <laughs> being fucking dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd be like, yo, put me in a hold right now. Yeah. Like, Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty strong and yeah. it doesn't No, He, fuck, he's, he's crazy, man. Yeah. In a good way. Like oh, he's, yeah. he was, I think he was undefeated. I think so. He was, he yep. was telling me about his, his pro, um, these contracts he was getting offered to go fight. And he basically just, he loves fighting, but yep. he, he just, it wasn't worth it to him. Right. His, his route. He's like, do I dedicate my whole life type of thing? Right. And just fucking fighting, you know, there's not a lot of money in fighting, but yeah, we, we talked for several hours about his fighting career because I was really interested in the whole MMA style. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. That's a tough business because it, it really is. You're basically training 12 months out of the year on a good year. You'll have three fights. And unless you're in the top one or 2%, you're not making any money. So, right. you know, not everyone could be Conor McGregor. You know, they're not, no one's, not a lot of people are making those that much money. And it doesn't matter how tough you are. You got to have the charisma and you really, you got, you got to have something that makes you stand out and you could be being a bad dude in a world of all bad dudes isn't enough. And it's a shame because for what those guys do and the training and the violence, it really is a shame that a lot of these guys don't make any money. I, I, yeah, I honestly think it's pretty silly, man. Yeah. Like you see how much baseball players and or anyone, hockey players, yeah. football players, NBA players, they get paid millions and millions, and millions, and fighters are getting paid scraps. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're getting fucking shit. And yeah. after they pay off their their trainers, their man- manager, food, mm-hmm. everything else they pay for, they're honestly left with nothing. Yeah. And so it's like, I get it though. They're trying to get away from fighting and all types mm. of sports. So it's, it's interesting. I don't think it'll ever disappear because it's like yeah. the most entertaining thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of respect for Goody, man. Like, and we, we related a lot on the dieting, right? So yeah. we could talk about nutrition and what to eat, what not to eat. And then him cutting weight, losing mm-hmm. his water weight. So yeah, we got along very well. 
That's awesome. Um, so I think one of the other things that I think is really cool uh, about Jared, uh, one thing I know for sure is true, and the other thing I'm, I wonder about, the places, all the places in Sudbury that were, you know, places that were either filmed in or mentioned. Um, and it all, and, and, um, so I'll talk about that first. So I want to know how many of these places you've ever been to. Okay. In Sudbury. So these are the places I did mostly from memory. Uh, so first one is, uh, respect is burning. Have not been, uh, the Colson. Yes, I have been. Okay. Uh, the doghouse. Yep. Went season two. Uh, is it, uh, best wings in town? This might piss off a lot of people, but um, I found the wings at Buzzy Brown's in Sudbury a lot better than the doghouse. Wow, so Pam, season two, yeah. season two, I, when I was staying there, I'm like, I have to go to almost all these places okay. in, in season one, which is exactly what I did. And I was comparing the wings. and yep. I, Yeah. But yeah, Buzzy Brown's, the Cajun, um, butter Cajun. I think that's Jared's favorite as well. Wow. Um, his favorite at Buzzy's. I think that's that. It could have just been the time I went, mm-hmm. but I, I like the wings better at Buzzies. So what you're saying is Pam lied to Goody in that scene when she said they had the best wings in town. <laughs> well, they're known <laughs> for the best wings in town, so that's just my opinion. Okay. But they're still amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, seven star dumpling. I have not been. No. Uh, you had to have been the Pepe Panini. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, um, yeah, season two, we partied every friday night at peppy's so it kind of turns into a club okay um and there's like this one private booth right behind the the dj Mm -hmm. and that's where all the shorzy guys would get bottle service and it'd fill up with people and it was a great great place to be on a friday night uh the caruso club Uh, i don't think so okay uh laughing buddha i didn't eat there Mm -hmm. but i was i was there yeah uh mr prime rib no Okay, now a lot of places I missed. Yeah, well, you know, maybe season three, but uh, let's get there first. All right. So now, obviously, I have to ask you about Wasaga Beach because uh, it comes up quite a bit in uh, in Shorzy. So is uh, have you been to Wasaga Beach? I went my first time after filming season one. Okay. Um, This may be personal, but uh, people are going to want to know. Did you take an aqua dump? I didn't know, but okay. my buddy did. Okay. My one fucking buddy, Liam, he fucking did it. He took oh, an aqua dump. We were, well, we were crying about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what? tell me about Wasaga Beach. Is, is it uh, – so there are party islands on the beach just going – I've never been there, obviously. Yeah. So Yeah, so I've only been there once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I brought, like, here's a big group of us. We all camped. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, like, a really beautiful beach. Mm-hmm. Um amazing lake and they have it kind of like an la style beach right so they have like the big strip of restaurants and bars um and it's like the most popular beach like it's jammed all summer long okay and before covid it was a lot more popular right obviously um but i i didn't go to any of the party islands but yeah there's a bunch of islands you can go if you have a boat and you can just chill up on the beach you can up on the islands and that's where like the big parties are gotcha. uh we just stayed on the main strip but yeah it's it's really cool it's like a little beach town basically feels like you're like kind of out of canada for a little bit uh your your buddy liam sounds like he's a pretty fun guy to hang out with yeah he's a funny guy <laughs> yeah oh yeah 
All right. So this next segment, I'm calling the unanswered questions of Brant Goodleaf. These were uh, the questions I made a note of that he would ask various characters, but there was never an answer. You ready? Yeah. See if I can get them. All right. You ever have Slim Jim? I have. Yes. Uh, you ever have gelato? I have gelato. Uh, you ever have goji berries? Nope. <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever have Portuguese chicken? No, no. <laughs> Uh, do you like chicken brochette? I do. Uh, have you ever had bacon wrapped water chestnuts? I have not, but I <laughs> I ended up trying water chestnuts after the show because I was like, what the fuck is that? And I, I love them. I just haven't had bacon wrapped yet. Okay. Uh, you ever seen a schnoodle? Nope. Uh, nope. You ever have Ritz Bits? Ritz Bits. I guess those uh, are like little crackers. You know, Ritz crackers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you ever bike BMX? Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, <cool>. And then, <laughs> and then there's a question that uh, Goody was asked. Uh, I'll ask you: popcorn chicken or popcorn shrimp? Popcorn chicken. Okay. All That's, the way. I oh, agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, I find shrimp a little overrated. Uh yeah. I don't eat I. shrimp. The only I, I don't eat shrimp either. The only time I enjoy shrimp, we have the um, the Japanese restaurants here, and. Um, they they cook them on the big thing right in front of you and um, flat tops. Yeah, and they yeah. made the shrimp, and I I'm not a shrimp eater. And the people with uh, said no, try it, and it tasted like chicken. I don't know how we did it, but it tasted like chicken. That's the only time I've I've eaten shrimp. Yeah, I used so. to eat it all the time as a kid. Apparently, I'd just like eat the whole tray, but yeah. now I now I just don't. Yeah, really feel the need to to be honest. No, nah, no. Uh, so listen, we've had, uh, we, I, I hope that you've, this has been good for you. I've really enjoyed this. We've oh, had it's a been lot unreal. Of, yeah. We've had a lot of laughs so far, but I wanted to bring up something that happened. I, I guess it would be uh, a little over a year ago and, uh, um, uh, you had a kind of a life changing incident, uh, you ended right. up in a car accident, uh, with one of your best friends, if not your best friend, um, you could talk, talk about as much of it or as little of it as you want. I'm really more interested in um, how it changed your, uh, your outlook on life. And, um, you know, a lot of people go through their life and they don't have experiences like this. Um, I did. I had my own personal life-changing experience. Yep. Um, you also had one. So uh, so could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it was um, – we just started – that was my first year running my little business. Mm-hmm. Um, and my buddy, my best friend Joe, he was working for me. And yeah, it was busy hour at lunch. It was about noon. Uh, driving into Jiffy Loop, I turned left. There was a big truck blocking my vision, so I definitely shouldn't have turned. And it was just a perfect lineup where that car flying down the left lane was perfectly being blocked by that truck. Mm-hmm. And I turned, and it just happened so fast that it was like everything just flashed, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it was definitely the scariest part of my life. Um, more for my for joe Mm -hmm. um because i braced and he his side was point of contact Mm -hmm. um which scared the shit out of me man like i you know i looked over it after it and i didn't think he was there anymore to be honest and that was really hard to see yeah um i didn't know what i was gonna do Mm -hmm. because i was okay right yeah like i didn't have any physical damage and i look over to my buddy and i'm like holy fuck you know Mm -hmm. i did that type of thing um, so that was really hard, really, really hard. And for the first like hour or two, it was 
I just wanted to know what was going on. I needed to know if he was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remember looking over, you know, he had like blood coming out of his ear and that fucking scared me. I was like, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. but enough of the sad shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, he ended up, you know, busting his pelvis. Mm-hmm. Um, that got fixed. Mm-hmm. No brain damage. There was no head contact, which was wow. crazy. Yeah. Um, the Subaru's, most cars have it, but mm-hmm. luckily I had a newer super newer car mm-hmm. that the airbags kind of come down in front of the doors, right? Okay. So it kind of cradled his head. So that was that was the blessing. Yeah. That was I think someone looking over Joe. Yeah. There was no head contact because mm-hmm. the door came so far in on his side that I could only fit my hand from the middle console to the door. Wow. So his Jeez. his pelvis and his legs went off of each other basically. So it split like right in half. My God. Right, yeah. So, yeah, he went to immediate surgery. Um, I couldn't see him for like a week because he got flown out to Sudbury and the rules at the hospital were still really right. annoying. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that was definitely a very challenging time of my life and it changed my outlook on everything, right? Because that was, that was kind of like life was going so good. Yeah. Everything was it was great. I have this brand new, um, this car, um, you know, business is starting up. We're making more money than we're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything was just going perfectly. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of the moment where it was like fucking anything, anything can change any second. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was when that saying, everyone thinks, yeah, yeah, whatever. Everything can change at the next, but until it actually happens to you, you don't actually realize like this life we're living can end at any time. Yeah. And yeah, and it could fuck you up forever, really. But luckily, Joe, man, he healed so fast from the pelvis injury that the doctors were like, the day that he was able to put pressure on his, because it was the right, right? The, mm-hmm. the right leg that yep. got smashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we couldn't walk for three months. Uh, they had like a hospital bed and everything. So we all helped him out as much as we could. Mm-hmm. Um his parents were like obviously extremely supportive and took care of him. Yeah. Um, but the day that he was able to put pressure on his right leg, he started fully walking. Wow. Like he was wow. fully walking. And a week after, honestly, less than a week after he was released, we went golfing. Wow. <laughs> and it, he was, I honestly couldn't believe it. Like yeah. he healed so fucking quick. Um, and then he golfed for like the last like week and a half of summer. Wow. And we're still best friends to this day, man. Good. That's, I mean, it's a scary story. Obviously I don't need to say that, but, uh, he's yeah. doing okay now. Like everything is good with him. Oh yeah. We smashed the gym harder than ever have. And mm-hmm. we, we work together still. We're just back at that painting business. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like there was a few rough patches mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of guilt happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of mental shit, but we got through it, the both of us. Yeah. Um, we still love each other to death, and we don't put it – he doesn't put it between us. I don't put it between us. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't pretend like it didn't happen. You know, right. it did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're honestly – the first thing he said to me was he just gave me a hug, and he was like, I'm so fucking happy we're still here, man. Like, yeah. he was never upset. He never got mad at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we shared some tears here and there, but he was honestly – Worried, more worried about me. Right. His first thing was like, how's Burke, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just super happy, man, that he's still here, bro. That's the biggest thing for me. And that he's not having any crazy challenging, because that would have been another thing, right? Like, yeah. 
he can't live his normal life mm-hmm. anymore and I have to live that and see him not be able to perform or do the things he wants to do. So I'm just really, really grateful mm-hmm. with that fuck up in my life that he's able to still live the life he wants to live and wow. he's not going to have any life-changing like a disability or anything, yeah. right? So yeah, he's 100% recovered. That's... Running, squatting, mm-hmm. 300 pounds. He's golfing every day. We're working 10 hours a day. Like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's fucking ripping it. That's amazing. That's Well, I'm sorry he had to go through that. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm sorry that he had to go through that too, but uh, you know, like I, there's a lot of, uh, cliches and expressions, you know, and I would say like, I got one of my tattoos is, uh, the Nietzsche quote, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, you know, I try yeah. to live, I try to live like that and, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm really happy that he's okay and that you guys have moved forward from that. So, yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Uh, one of the things that I, I and, and I, I discussed this with you earlier, one of the things I'm impressed with, there aren't a lot of 20 year olds that are, uh, let's call it as it is, you're an entrepreneur, a 20-year-old entrepreneur. Um, you have the, well, you mentioned it a few times with your business now. That's uh, Lasting Impressions, correct? Yeah. So tell me about the, tell me about the business. Tell me about what you do. And uh, if people in the area are interested, I'm going to put the link to Lasting Impressions uh, in the uh, episode description here. But tell us Appreciate a little that. about it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I was uh, working for these two guys that are my friends, uh, Scott and Brent, um, and they basically taught me everything on how to paint an exterior of a house, paint, stain, uh, refinish decks and everything like that. Um, And I just, that was kind of the first time I'm like, hmm, I could, you know, kind of do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And they were like, hey, we're done doing exteriors. You should maybe consider opening up your own business. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, why not? There's nothing stopping me doing it. And I... Never really liked – I was working at Popeye's before, yeah. like a supplement shop, which I loved. Like I loved working there. That was yeah. a lot of fun for me. Um, but I was really wanting a transition from working for myself. That was something I've always looked up to and just watched a lot of videos on and read a lot about. Is just entrepreneurs finding passive income sources and you know making your money work for yourself. I'm kind of in the early stages of that. So my business right now – um, and I enjoy doing it. You know, I get to spend all hours of the day outside. So I do, um, I can paint and stain anything that's exterior. So the big jobs are like full houses. Mm-hmm. Um, this year I'm getting into commercial jobs. So I'm spraying uh, big apartment buildings. Uh, do a lot of decks, fully sand them, you know, stain them. Um, but yeah, this year is, is it's crazy, man. I'm already like basically fully booked. Fully booked until mid-September. Um, looking to expand uh, probably one or two more guys mm-hmm. if I can take that on. But it's great, yeah. And this is something that I'm not planning on doing for too much longer. One or two more years. Uh, I'd like to basically have this business running and have a crew out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't touch a paintbrush. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it's going to go. Uh, build a big enough name for myself in the business that I can either sell it or have it running without me running it type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Me and Joe, we've, we started on Tuesday. Uh, we just finished our third job today. Mm-hmm. We basically do like a bunch of smaller jobs like yeah. uh, decks and spindles and sheds and stuff like that. And we save for when the weather is a lot more predictable yeah. uh, for the big jobs. So starting middle of June, till the very end of the season it's full houses so like two two week jobs up to got a couple jobs that are 
one job that's booked that's going to be a month long. So that's amazing. Good for you, man. Yeah, man. I love hearing that. That's uh, that is terrific. That's great. Appreciate Good for it. you. And also, uh, we brought it up a few times. You brought it up. Uh, Casfitness.ca. Uh, is that something you're still doing, um, or is that taking a backseat to uh, lasting impressions? A little bit of a backseat, mm-hmm. but I still. Um, I still do meal plans and uh, workout plans for a lot of people. So, yeah, that's basically – that's what I fell in love with, and that was what transitioned my mindset. COVID, I kind of liked COVID, yeah. as in I kind of found a path, and I got a lot of motivation, and that's kind of where my life changed was COVID. I had so much time on my hands that I kind of transitioned from staying up all night playing video games mm-hmm. to running, doing skips, doing workouts every single day. So just basically studied nutrition mm-hmm. – workouts like i didn't have a job i could do it all hours of the day so me and joe actually Mm -hmm. we just did it nonstop. and then i had a huge transformation fell in love with fitness Mm -hmm. um then kind of i was doing a lot of crossfit before if you're familiar with that and then i was doing that for hockey and then i transitioned to more bodybuilding style Mm -hmm. um but yeah and then i was like hmm you know i'm at the point now where I'm at Popeye's now, so I know know all the supplements, nutrition, and workouts. I'm like, why don't I start trying to sell some workout plans and meal plans? So, yeah, I kind of started doing that. Um, nothing, like, official, like I don't have a business license for it or anything. But, um, yeah, I still kind of do it. It takes a little bit of a seat when I am working as much as I am because, mm-hmm. like, on Saturdays is normally my checkup days with my clients. So I yeah. still have two right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly, like, if – 10 people text me today for plans. I will, I will do it mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I'm not like promoting it right. um, and really pushing that right now. That's something I'll do during the winter yeah. because people aren't wanting to lose a bunch of weight in the summer. Right. You know, they right. want to enjoy their fucking life and mm-hmm. drink and go to the beach and shit. Yeah. So the winter is prime time. People, I'm like, you want to lose 30 pounds? Start right after Christmas mm-hmm. and you'll be shredded by summer type of thing. So. That that is incredible, dude. Uh, that is so impressive. You know, like I said, for anyone to do that, to do what you're doing right now, is impressive. For someone to do it at your age, I mean, I think your mom nailed it when she said you're an old soul. I mean, you're you're definitely uh, way beyond your years uh, in terms of of the stuff you're doing, and it, and it's really impressive. So, uh, so I, I am thanks for that. Color me impressed. I mean, honestly, that's great. So. Uh, so, you know, usually uh, at the end of the interviews, I ask people, most of them are, uh, you know, players, former players, current players. And uh, I always ask them, uh, is there anything that uh, I forgot or I didn't bring up about your hockey career? But uh, I'll ask you a similar question. Is there anything that uh, that I didn't bring up about any aspect of your life that uh, maybe you'd like to talk about? Yeah, we covered uh, basically everything. Like life's moving so quick. Um, yeah, fitness, Shorzy, um, basically all that we haven't really covered is that I'm pursuing acting. So that's something I'm trying to do. And that's not something you can do full time. Right. right? Um, so yeah, I did end up getting an agent uh, in January and I've just been pumping out auditions. So I'm auditioning for anything I don't get to pick, right? Right. Uh, so she just sends me whatever. I've been doing a lot of auditions. I've gotten a lot of callbacks. Yeah. Um, I think there was just a couple issues. The headshots weren't very professional looking and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's it's a very technical and specific. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that, that it's very needy. Like, 
you could not get the role because your eyes are a certain shape type of thing, you know? Right, right. So it's it's very difficult, and I'm just not going to give up. Like, yeah. um, I know a few actors, well, I can't remember his name. The guy in Narcos, and he was just in uh, The Last of Us. I don't the main know. guy. I, I don't remember. Anyways, he, aud- yeah. he was doing auditions for 19 years before he landed anything, right? Wow. So it's like, I'm just going to keep doing it. Yep. I really enjoy it. I like getting into characters now, and I'm starting to practice by myself, and I just enjoy it. So it doesn't really feel like a job. So I'm going to try and push that on the same at the same time as everything else. So well, hopefully everyone will see me in a few things soon. It's it's hard to believe that uh, with your drive and, and the way that you, uh, you operate everything else in your life that, uh, you know, you won't be successful in this too, but, uh, I know it's, it's, uh, there are certain things that you have control over and certain things you don't, but, uh, exactly. I wish you all the luck in the world with the acting. And, uh, I just want to thank you again for coming on. This was a lot of fun and, uh, uh, just, I can't wait for season two. I think it's, uh, I don't think a release date's out yet, but I think it's, uh, the fall, it comes out in the fall. And, um, I just, uh, I, I really look forward to seeing it again. I can't wait to see what uh, what Jared uh, put in place for you and Keegan uh, for this season. I just, I can't wait. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, man. Yeah. Like, this was a great time. My first podcast, it was it was awesome. And season two assures you, man, it's, it's going to blow your mind. Excellent. I don't think I don't think people expect what's coming, and that's exciting. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. That's great. No and, release uh, date yet, but yeah. you're uh, pretty bang on with your guest there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's going to be a hell of a time. Well, uh, it's an honor for me that this is your first podcast. I can't believe you haven't been on any others. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was great chatting with you, Burke. And I just wish you nothing but the best. Well, thank you very much, Joe. I hope, we can, uh, I hope I can come back on here soon. Absolutely, man. Well, maybe we'll have you on right before season two. Once we get closer to the season and we get some firm dates and stuff, I'll definitely have you back on. Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Have a great night, okay? Thanks, you too. All right, see you later. I absolutely cannot think of a better first guest for the Off the Island series, and I hope that you agree. Thank you, Burke. What an amazing guest you were, and I'm really looking forward to having you back on again in the fall. As far as next week goes, uh, I'll probably bring you people a solo episode. Um, I have another interview in the can. I'm working on my research for an interview after that as well. Uh, But I do have to mix in some of these solo episodes because I don't want to run out of uh, interviews very quickly. So I have an idea for the solo episode for next week. And I have to (laughs) I have to find a way to have fun with it, because just thinking about it now, it's it's almost depressing. But I'm going to have to find a way to have fun with it because I'd like to uh, to make that a series also but but we'll figure it out but uh but i would say next week is a solo episode uh the week after i'll have an interview for you and maybe the week after that will be the second installment of off the island and it'll be one of the nordiques knuckles interviews so uh lots of good stuff coming up folks uh thank you again to burke uh unbelievable guest and uh until next week everybody out there Ah, there goes my voice. I couldn't let it not happen one more. Maybe it's the beer. Like I said, I don't really drink beer when I do this, but maybe it's the beer. I don't know. And it's not even Bud Light. Anyway, you people out there, until next week, everybody, please stay safe.